You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. <laughs> because um, there we see it's, it's kind of like a template that, that, um, that God used to liberate a whole nation. To liberate a whole nation. How God judged one nation. Destroyed a whole economy of Egypt. Destroyed the army of Egypt. Brought Egypt to its knees. And liberated his people. By reason... Of the covenant that he made with Abraham. God, that the God that we serve is a God of covenant. And let me tell you something. If you take time and you study the scriptures and you see the, 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 the covenant rights that um, God has given to us, and you are able to take a stand based on covenant. There are many things that can change in your life. Many things. There are times that uh, God's people forget the covenant and they suffer for it. But when God's people are able to hold on to the promises of God, and they bring the promises to God. And they use those promises to fight. Things happen. I want us to look at Exodus chapter 2. We'll look at a few scriptures this morning. Exodus chapter 2. Verse 23. It says, Now it happened... In the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage. And they cried out. And their cry came up to God because of the bondage. Right? Then verse 24 says, So God heard their groaning. Hallelujah. We, have, we serve a God that hears. He's not like other gods that have ears but cannot hear. The God of all ability, the omnipotent one. So God heard their groaning and what? God remembered his what? His covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. Hallelujah. So, this morning, I want you to understand that you can fight by covenant. Hallelujah. You can fight by covenant. Say, I can fight. I can fight. 
by covenant. You can fight by covenant. One of the things that gives me a lot of confidence is the covenant. Because I know the covenant that I'm standing on. Hallelujah. And that gives me tremendous um, confidence. So God heard their groanings and remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. In other words, God remembered his agreement. There was an agreement that was made 400, over 400 years before these guys, before this time. God made an agreement with Abraham. He made an agreement with Jacob, <laughs> uh, with Isaac and Jacob. And now, the time for the fulfillment of the covenant is about to take place. God remembered. We serve a God that does not forget. When you hear the word remember, it seems as if he had forgotten. But no, he didn't forget. Hallelujah. He didn't forget. Not at all. I want to read. I want us to look at the, the book of Genesis. Let's look at the covenant that God made with uh, Abraham. In chapter 15 of Genesis, it says, After these things, from verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord, huh? Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abraham said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, the one born in my house is my heir. That's according to tradition. Abraham is quoting tradition to God. God is telling him, <laughs> That he is his shield and his exceeding great reward. And Abraham says, okay, fine, God. <laughs> I mean, nobody sees you, right? You are my reward. That means um, you are giving yourself to me. And obviously, that's the ultimate gift. There's nothing greater God gives himself to Abraham. And Abraham says, but then, I mean, giving yourself to me, how does that help me? I don't have any child. And then Abraham, okay, then the word of the Lord, verse 4, behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this 
One shall not be your heir. But one who will come from your body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven, count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Look at verse 6. Very important verse. What does it say? Then he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. So from that moment God spoke. Abraham believed. Okay? Abraham did what? He believed at that time. Then he said to him, I'm the Lord who brought you out of, earth, of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord, how shall I know that I will inherit it? Come on. You are in a foreign country. You go there and God says, I'm going to give you this, this land. Now, there, there are inhabitants there already. There are citizens there. There are kings there. And God says, I'm giving it to you. So obviously, how will I know? How will I know? And he said to him, hmm? and he said, Lord, okay, yeah. So he said to him, verse 9, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him. And cut them in two and the middle and place each piece opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds into two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham. And behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abraham, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. Hmm? 400 years. At this time, Abraham had no child. God is already talking about his descendants. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing how God operates. A lot of times we bring God down to our level and we expect him to just walk by sight and do things according to what we see and all of that. But God doesn't work like that. God doesn't work like that. And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge afterward. And they shall come, up, come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. And you shall be buried at a good old age. Hallelujah. And then God goes down, he says, but in the fourth generation they shall return here. 
for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. So God, God takes them to Egypt. We know the story how he used Joseph to prepare the way for them. They go into Egypt, 70 of them. But now, 400 years later, they're coming out over a million people. Hallelujah. They've been multiplied. They've been so blessed. And God says, they are going to come back to this land where you are standing, Abraham, and they will possess it. But the reason why they had to stay in Egypt for so long is that God was waiting for the iniquity of the Amorites to be complete. He was waiting for, for them to get to the point where it would be just to judge them and to dispossess them of the land. Hallelujah. And of course, the Amorites were into a lot of idolatry. They were into a lot of idolatry, which is what a lot of, um, a lot of nations today are guilty of. The same way God judged the um, Amorites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hevites, all those people, I'm telling you on the judgment day, they are going to stand up and they say, God, what about this generation? They also did the same things for which we were judged. But obviously there was no one making intercession for them. Hallelujah. So this was the time that God made a covenant with Abraham. This was the time that God made this promise. So in Exodus, God remembers this day. With Abraham. He remembers the covenant. He remembers the promise. So he looked down back to Exodus chapter 2. Verse 25, and God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. He says, yes. Not only have I remembered my, my, my promise to your fathers, I can see what you are going through. And Pharaoh, it's time to deal with Pharaoh. Hallelujah. It's time to deal with Pharaoh. It's time to fulfill what I said to Abraham. And you are going to go out with great substance. The interesting thing about God is that when he judges the enemy, he doesn't just, he doesn't just like break his power and then leave him. No, no, no. He dispossesses him. Of everything he has taken from you. Yeah. That's why in Luke chapter 11, Jesus says that when a strong man guards his house, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes, he overpowers him and he dispossesses him. He spoils him. He plunders him. In other words, he takes everything that he took. Everything that he took. And I want us to know that God is going to restore everything. Amen. He's going to restore everything. I don't care what you have lost. 
he is going to restore. And you will recover everything. Do you understand me? And you need to have faith in the covenant because when God, by the time God finishes, you will look back and you'll see that you're in a better position. Because the Bible says that when a thief is caught, he will restore sevenfold. Hallelujah. So, now, God remembers his covenant. And that is what prompts God to begin to do the things that he, be, that he, that he did to Egypt and to Pharaoh. Why? It's the covenant. How many people know there's a covenant on your head? Hallelujah. There's a covenant on you. There's a covenant that is speaking on your behalf. It's, and, um, it's not just the covenant that God made with Abraham, although you can tap from that because you are children of Abraham. Am I correct? In Galatians, is that not so? Galatians tells us that we are the seed of Abraham by faith. Okay? Because we believe we have entered into that covenant. But because of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. One of the things, one of the last things that God used to judge Egypt was the blood. The blood of the Lamb. There were ten plagues that God kept releasing over Egypt. Amen? There were ten plagues. But the last one was the one that broke the backbone. Of Egypt. So every other plague, Pharaoh just kept hardening his heart. He just kept hardening his heart. He, get, he kept being stubborn. He continued to be stubborn. And it got to a point that God actually said he was going to also harden the heart of Pharaoh. In chapter 14, look at what he says in chapter 14. Of Exodus. Verse 4, it says, Then I will harden. Okay, let's read from verse 1. Now the Lord said to Moses, uh, spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pihahiroth, between Migo. And the sea opposite Baal Zippon, you shall come before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. And the wilderness has closed them in. Ha, somebody say battle strategy. Yes, that's a battle strategy. Then he says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart so he will pursue them and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Hallelujah. 
Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Also he took 600 choice chariots. These are like, uh, um, what? <laughs> Maybe they're armored cars or <laughs> troop carriers. <laughs> and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. Hallelujah. Will you go out with boldness? Oh, when you've seen the hand of God, because it is, it is estimated that the plagues, the ten plagues, took about, about one year. So one year, continuous judgment over the nation of Egypt. They saw blood. The water turned to blood. They saw frogs coming out from, from everywhere. They saw lies. Hmm? They saw a swarm of flies all over the place. All of this is because God is remembering His covenant. Hallelujah. Just because God remembered his covenant. They were having boils all over their bodies. Hailstones fell. <laughs> now they've done, they've had the Passover. And by force, they were asked to go. And as they go, God hardens the heart of Pharaoh, and Pharaoh says, what is this we have done? Why did we allow them to go? No, let's go, get them back. Who is going to serve us now? Who will do our gardens? Who is going to do our, our construction sites? Who is going to do our farms? Let's go back. Let's go get them. And he gathered all his best army. Ready to fight. But he didn't know that God had set him up. May God set the enemy up. Amen. Hallelujah. Where as we just, as we continue, it seems as if you are trapped. It seems as if there's no way out for you. And you feel, oh my God, I'm finished now, I'm finished now. No, 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 no. Remember the covenant. The covenant is still speaking. The covenant is working. Amen? So, the children of Israel went out with boldness. Right? And verse 9, So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them, camping by the uh, by the sea beside, beside Pahihoth, Heroth, <laughs> before Baal Ziphon. 
and Pharaoh drew near. The children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried to the Lord. They were bold before. Now the enemies, they can see the chariots coming. Hey, Moses, where do we go? The sea is there. The enemy is coming. Ah, have you felt that way sometimes? There's no way to go. Who's going to help me out? I'm finished here. I think I'm going to get drowned here. Huh? Just remember the covenant. Remember the covenant. Hallelujah. Then Moses said, because there were no, uh, sorry, then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? <laughs> it has started. The first, first, first complaint. Huh? To die in Egypt. To bring us. Why have you so dealt with us? To bring us up out of Egypt. In other words, you should have left us in the house of bondage. It were better for us to serve the Egyptians and die a, a, a dignified death. At least we'll be buried. At least if there's a funeral plan in Egypt. Come on. Yeah, there's a funeral plan. Now in this wilderness, how, how are we going to do it? Oh. No undertakers here. Moses, how can you do this to us? Amazing. Verse 13, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Hallelujah. Do not be afraid. Come on, somebody say, do not be afraid. Talk to someone, say, do not be afraid. He says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. So there is a time where you fight, but then there is a time when God fights. There is a time when God fights. You know one of his names, Jehovah Sabbath. What does that mean? The Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. The Lord of hosts. So when he now decides to, to descend and take over the battle himself. Hey, hey, hey. It doesn't matter what is happening. I'm telling you, God will defend you in a way you never imagined. God will fight in a way you never imagined. And so, Moses declares this word, right? And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? So, Moses makes a statement, and then he goes to God and he's crying to God. <laughs> 
before the people, he's bold. He's bold. He says, stand still and see the salvation of God. Don't be afraid. These Egyptians that you see today, you will see no more. God is going to fight for you. And then he goes, God, please, Lord, what do I do now? <laughs> huh? He's crying to God. And the Lord asks him, why? 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 Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Hallelujah. Say so it's time to go forward. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Don't tell them to stand still. I didn't tell them to stand still. You told them to stand still. You told them to stand still. I didn't say stand still. Tell them to move forward. And the sea is before them. So you're looking at the mountain. You're looking at the obstacle. You're looking at the situation. God said move forward. Hallelujah. Why? He's gone ahead of you. He's gone ahead already. So, don't be intimidated. Move forward. Hallelujah. Move forward. There is something greater. There is something greater than you that is working for you. And it's called covenant. It's called covenant. It's, it's working for you. It made God to come down himself. To fight. And I am praying because I know God is going to come down for somebody. God is going to come down for us. He himself will come down. Do you, I mean, do you remember the, 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 the testimony on, on Sunday? She... she um, is it MJ that says she, she saw the Lord in our midst? He was right here dancing in our midst. How, why, why would God come down? What will bring God down? Like that. Oh, well, I thought he's sitting in heaven. Yes, but he's here. And there are times that he comes down. People think that God is just stuck on the throne. You, you better read your Bible very well. There are times that he moves. I'm telling you, he moves. So at this time, we see that God is fighting for his people. Tell the people to move forward. Verse 16. He says, buddy, lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. <laughs> this thing has never been done before. Well, there's no precedent. God will ask you to do things that have never been done before. Stop, stop looking just at what has been done before. Yeah, is that not what we do? Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, where has it been done before? Even if it hasn't been done, God says, stretch your hand, divide the sea. Ah. Me more me mortal to divide the sea just with a rod. How do you start that? 
what God said. Stretch your rod and divide it. That's what is going to happen. Hallelujah. And divide the sea. Then next verse you see, um, he says, in verse 17 he says, And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots, and his horsemen. Listen, God is going to gain honor in your life. In our midst, in our situation, God is going to gain honor. In other words, he's going to get glory. What the enemy has planned for evil, God is going to use to glorify his name. The reason why God hardened the heart of Pharaoh was because he wanted to finish at the climax where he will be glorified. He will be glorified. So God says, I'll harden his heart so he will come after you. Yeah, Pharaoh started by hardening his heart. When he said, let my people go, he refused. God said, okay, fine. I will help you. I will harden your heart more. Okay? I will harden your heart more so that I get glory from you. When I said, let my people go, you refuse to let them go from the beginning. Now, the conclusion is going to be glorious. Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Don't you love our God? Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. Can you see? Everybody will know. Their own believers will know that your God is not the same as the ancestors. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not the same. Oh, don't come and tell me, oh, we're all, we're all, we're all the same. We're all the same. Well, Allah and uh, you know, Islam and Buddhism and Hinduism, we are all one. No, we are not. We're not. Don't bring me ecumenical stuff here now. It's not. We're not the same. He says, I will, I will. I will. Uh, the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh. We're going to pray that God will gain honor for himself. That he will gain honor for himself. It, even if you made a mistake, Lord, gain honor from this. Turn this around and use it to gain honor for yourself. Hallelujah. It's possible. And it will happen. And look at what happens. The next verse, verse 19. Oh my goodness. I told you that God comes down. Yeah? Yeah? And the angel of God, have you noticed that, that the word angel is in capital? You know why? This is what in theology is called theophany. Theophany, that's the pre-incarnate manifestation of Christ. Yeah. So the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved. And went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went before them. And stood behind them. Ha! This is drama. 
I am telling you, this is better than anything Hollywood can do. These guys are coming, riding and riding, and then the Lord now comes down. Hmm? Went before the camp of the Israelites, and he moves behind them, and he blocks them. He covers them. He shields them. Hallelujah. He shields them. And the, the Egyptians are coming. They're coming. They're coming. Then a cloud forms. Sure. This God is so real, man. <laughs> a cloud forms right there. The Egyptians could see them before. Now they can only see cloud. Yo. Hectic. That's how we say in South Africa, right? Hey, this is hectic, man. <laughs> so it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other at all that night. Can you see that? The same cloud. The Lord comes in, boom, he stands in the middle. One side is dark, one side is light. Fighting by covenant. You see, when God, when you fight by covenant, God Himself, He comes to fight the battle. He comes to fight. How are you going to predict that that's what will happen? You can't predict that. Moses had never seen that before, Pharaoh had never seen that before. But God has a lot in his archive. Hallelujah. So he stands there and those guys cannot see. They are trying to find. I'm sure they were so close. So close. Nearly cannot kill a bird. <laughs> Hallelujah. Have you ever heard of someone being killed by nearly? Huh? I nearly I nearly died. Did that kill you? Did you die? Did you die by nearly? Huh? The bullet just missed me. Did a did <laughs> did it kill you just because it missed you? No, they were close enough. But guess what? They couldn't. Why? The Lord is there. Hey, Lord, fight for me by covenant. Fight for us by covenant. Defend us by covenant. Hallelujah. Look at the next verse. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. Hallelujah. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry ground. And waters. The waters were divided. So over the night, Moses just stretches his rod. Going to the word of the Lord. Then the wind comes. Starts blowing. And as it's blowing, it begins to divide the sea. 
one heap on this side, one heap on the other side. And the Bible says that the ground was dry. The wind blew everything and made it dry ground for them. When God, let me tell you, the covenant we have is so powerful that the impossible will be made possible. What has never happened before will happen because God remembered his promise. Yo. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Do you understand something? This is over a million people walking. Just walking majestically through the sea. And as they're walking, God is still behind, blocking the Egyptians. They cannot see. Hallelujah. The cloud is blocking them, it's dark. And the Israelites are walking, walking. By the time they get to the other end, oh my, it's time for God to get honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By the time they get to the other end, it's time for God to get honor from Pharaoh. Hmm? Then what happens? Look at verse 23. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea. All Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Oh my God, they caught the bait. Huh? They see now, I mean, after the Israelites have crossed, the place is clear. The cloud has moved. Now they can see. Oh my, Pharaoh says, Guys! Let's go for them. And they're just riding. They get in. <laughs> On dry ground, they're deceived. They don't understand. No, no, no. You don't have the same covenant. But this guy's half. This guy's crossed by covenant. But you don't have any covenant. You cannot. The sea will not obey you. Do you understand? Yeah, the sea will not obey. Why? Why should he? <laughs> they pursued them. Now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down. Hallelujah. <laughs> he looked down. What does that say to you? He was high up. He looked down. You know, in warfare, your position is, is important. The highest person is at a vantage position. That's why the superiority of air power. Anytime there's going to be war, the person that can control the air is most likely going to win. Hmm? So he looks down. Hmm? You see that? The Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud. 
and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. Can you see? It's the Lord fighting. These guys are just walking. That's all. They're just walking. God is now beginning to dismantle the nation of Egypt. And that's how he's going to dismantle things for us. Yes. Hmm? Then he, he took off their chariot wheels. Can you see? God. Once they got inside, they're inside. Pharaoh, come on, everybody in, 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 everybody. <laughs> everybody come in, everybody come in. And they are all inside. The next thing, wheels come off. <laughs> God, how does God take the wheels off? He just needs to speak to the wheels. He, he, he doesn't need to use his hands, no. He just wheels Come off. Hallelujah. And so, they drove them with difficulty. They were struggling to get out. No, no, no. You are stuck already. Hallelujah. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Too late. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let us flee. No, 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 no. You have reached the point of no return. Yeah. Yes. You know, that's how the enemy is going to be trapped. Yeah. Every enemy that is coming against us is going to be trapped. Hallelujah. <laughs> they will be trapped, I'm telling you. Oh, my word. Ha. And they are going to confess, the Lord is with them. The Lord is fighting for them. Let's, let's get out of this place. Let's get out of this place. Let's get out of this place quickly. No, no, no. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. Nope. It's too late. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians and on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Hallelujah. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained. Not one will remain. All of them are going to be drowned in the sea. That's what happens when God fights for you. When God, God fights for you, nothing gets missing. You remember, you remember when uh, Pharaoh was trying to strike a deal with Moses. And Moses said, not a hoof will be left. Now, God is saying, not one of them will remain. Hallelujah. God is now speaking. And I declare the word of the Lord that every power that has fought us and has resisted us and has oppressed us and has suppressed us. Judgment. I declare judgment upon them in the name of Jesus. We judge every spirit. We judge every Pharaoh. Every Pharaoh that is working against us. The power of God is against you. 
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I declare, I declare, come on, begin to declare right now the judgment of God over every Pharaoh, over every power. Moka sendele brodoro surabaha. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Kendele bezurabaha. Now, listen to me. Let's look at, let's pray, let's pray after Psalm 136. Psalm 136, this scripture helps us to understand what has just happened, what, what has just happened to the Egyptians. And that is what is going to happen to us. Amen? All right. Are we there? It's on the screen. I read one verse, you read the next verse. I read one verse, you read the next verse. Till we finish it. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for His good, for His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords for His mercy endures forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens for his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights for his mercy endures forever. The moon, the stars to rule by night for his mercy endures forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his mercy endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his mercy endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endures forever. And gave their land as a heritage, for his mercy endures forever. Who remembered us in our lowly state for his mercy endures forever. Who gives food to all flesh for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven for his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's begin to declare the mercy of God. The mercy of God that dispossesses Egypt of their substance, that breaks the powers of nations. It is a demonstration of the mercy of God that delivered Israel. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.